You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Legal, legal grundle, uh, legal, legal taint mush. Do we think that the AOC has a stinky pussy? Uh, the graffiti is an insider. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, we don't know enough about the, the facts on the ground to say to say otherwise. So it's. Uh, I think we have to assume yes. What if that's her husband? Is she married? I don't know. She's got some incredibly cucked out man that doesn't respect himself in his in her life. What a fucking show off. It's people with relationships, man. <laughs> is that how you feel? I, re- I resent everyone on earth, yeah. I resent anyone who has any sort of happiness. So we're, we're both at our folks' houses right now. Is this bringing out the darkness in you? No, um... No, I mean not yet. I mean I've only been here like three days, but I'm it's, it's going all right so far. Um, I fucking man, New York, New York sucks. It's re- New York is is re- is super fucking agitating. I'm aware, man. There's no part it's, of it that doesn't put me on edge. And now we got to do this again. We're doing this on the internet remotely, and it's it's just not as we're not going to put out as strong a product, but. I'm kind of tired of uh, of worrying about other people, you know. <laughs> you have the weirdest take on 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 making things. <clears throat> you'll you'll get very uh, attend uh, you'll attend to the details, and then like a year later, you'll be like, "Yo, I people were wrong to ask me anything, ask anything of me. I, I'm not doing shit for them." And I'll be like, "Really? It feels like we owe them more now." And you'll you'll say, "Who are they? They're fucking losers." <laughs> I, hate pa- I, I hate our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I'll say this is very extreme. The, your positions, it, it, I feel like you put too much pressure on yourself, which is weird because it's not like our product has ever been incredibly uh, well organized. So it's not like if you if this is high stress, if this is you operating at a high level, I I, I have concerns. You're worried. Uh, yeah, I don't- I'm not. <laughs> I'm not stressed, man. I'm not I'm not worried about what these people fucking want. This is just what it is. I think the more someone so someone one time wrote us and it hit it hit home, right? It's a, I you know, I'm I'm I can be a sensitive guy, but it, it took, you know, I took it to heart and he said, "Show is better when you don't care what anybody wants." And I said, and that's when that, that was kind of the moment when I was like, "Damn, I've been like worried this whole time. I've been like trying to think about how to make the show better. I've been tr- I've been thinking about like stuff we can do like Twitch and and you know live streaming and shit. And then I realized like this is I think the charm of this show is the, the low effort. So I have to so it's kind of like a weird sort of mental gymnastic where it's like well, if I want the thing to be better I got to put less effort into it. So it takes 
but it's sort of like working against my natural instinct. So it takes effort to put low effort into it. You know what I mean? You're, you are, uh, it, it, this is you letting go. This is you getting Zen. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, this is me just, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm attaining the Supreme. I'm, I'm, I'm lot. We're locking in our most, uh, efficient and our highest, pro- uh, productive selves with this show, with this podcast. That's per- so we've been doing this desire. Yeah. We've been doing this four years now. I feel like we've, we've put in enough time. We've established enough of a, we have, we have a, a little following. They get it. You know, they get what we're about and they're, you know, when you, it, you get into a habit with, with a thing that like, like how, how WWE fans, like they'll watch it forever, even after it's like, it's beyond its prime and it has no hope of ever returning there, but it's sort of just a habitual thing. I think a lot of, of people that engage with us understand that it's habitual and that also that like, like once you reach that point, like it makes the show better because like they know who we are and even newcomers that come in, they get it. Like they get that they're walking into the, the, the show, you know, late in the game. So they understand that like, this is just, this is just is what it is. I'm sweating in my room right now, uh, in my, in my childhood bedroom, uh, recording a show for, for, for you, for the people, you know, and, and for our own, somewhat level of catharsis um sounds, but th- sounds I think, like you, no, you're going go to gr- great lengths to justify mailing it in i mean maybe i mean maybe i mean this is because well i have to justify phoning it in you know what i mean i have to justify uh in my head because i don't i don't like being lazy and i don't i don't do things if i feel they're pointless or if i feel like we're not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting in what I feel is, is my best effort. I'm like, I'm like LeBron James. I'm the, we're the LeBron James of podcasts. So whatever we can make this, however, whatever we can do to make this show better is, is, uh, is what I want to focus on. But I think what makes it better is low effort. (laughs) That's where I've arrived. I'll leave it up to our uh, listeners. Uh, feel free to write us. Uh, also, write, also, write. just like we're in the post, you know, this is post Trump. We're we're crawling into post COVID. Uh, we're post Pod Save America. All that horse shit. So, like these shows, you know, that are nominally uh, politically minded or or uh, politically, you know, I, I feel like we have to conform with the times and understand, like we're out of that shit now. <laughs> like we're back to the, where remember like in 2019 we were doing the show and we were like, we, it was, it was the typical culture war shit. It was before COVID Trump was still president. And we were just like, yo glory days. You're not like these people are not, they don't have anything going on. That's why they're fixated on dumb shit. Right. And we're going, we're crawling back into that. But now it's like there's even less stakes because nobody is having a moral panic about who's the president. So it's getting uh, particularly focusless. 
You yeah, know? It, it's it's. Uh, I've said for a long time it feels flailing, but right now it feels mega flailing. Where people will hit me with the cancel cancellation of the day, and it'll be, you know, somebody who drew a topless Little Mermaid. You know, something that's just so unimportant, and nobody could even convince themselves matters. But it's we that's just need somebody each day to die. And that's, <laughs> it's like, I got that ta- I got that tattooed on my calf. It's it's honestly, it it is. I think we are. You know, when they say late stage capital or capital capitalism. Yes, we are in late stage late stage cancelization where yeah it's just we're going through the motions towards a a dying thing a lot of people are proving they can still have uh, their audience the only person we've talked about the only people getting got now are are gardeners you know and it's uh is yeah the, the culture war is in the uh afghanistan year 15 stage where Oh yeah, we're still here. Fuck. Okay. All right. All right. How much do we have to earmark for this? It's so, just not. It's just not popping anymore. It's not popping. Yeah. Exactly. The club is. The club is still open, but it's. Uh, you know. It's uh, nobody's going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna real quick. I'm gonna repeat a story that that uh, Cumia told on on uh, Rogan, and I thought it was very. I thought there was some real wisdom and insight to it. He said, in the nineties, right? Like with, with grunge music videos, there was a certain style to those videos. Like things were kind of shot with a wide angle lens, but up close and they were out of focus. It had like a grit, a sepia tone to it. It had a, it had a, it had a style. And then when, when he saw that same exact style used in a McDonald's commercial, he was like, okay, this shit's over now. This shit is pure gauche and lame. When you see uh, commercials for the CIA or in the U.S. military talking about heteronormative faces, it's done. It's done. Yeah, that's all true. But it's done. We're out of that moment. When the stragglers to non-binary identity include Demi Lovato, <laughs> it, 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 the conversation is past the sell-by date. Means it means it's not hot anymore. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. But what? So what does that mean then? Where are we going from here? I don't. I I don't know. I mean, as we've discussed, it seems like canceling sort of stuff, culture war sort of bullshit, will still be used to get you fired, but it just won't get press. Is what I is what I'm thinking. So, where does that leave us? I think it kind of, maybe in like a post world war one sort of haze, you know, just uh, maybe hopeful that there will never be another war. And then we're blindsided by the fact, uh, world war two. And then, uh, you know, most of us are, are, are good Germans. 
and, and then we start the process all over again. Lit. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously things come in cycles. So I'm 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 gearing up for 2024 when uh, when, uh, when when you're a Gestapo guard. Yeah, when when I'm the Gestapo guard for God Emperor uh, Trump 2.0 uh, comes around. I'm 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 looking forward to that that bright the bright the, when Biden says when when a president says when every president ever that's ever been president says America's best days are in front of us that's what they that's what they're talking about they're looking <laughs> towards 2024 go back for a sec so, is, 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 there's something in the news that I wanted to talk about oh 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 in the same way that you capitulate to the uh, the God Emperor Trump and uh, become his. Uh, what you what we say your job was chief torturer of children uh, in the new Trump regime. Uh, so, will you be joined by that other weasel, that that other co- co- collaborator, John Cena? <laughs> Yo, so a big a big week for uh, for. Um uh, statist, uh, simps. Yeah. B- a big week for being a big pussy. I don't even think it's that, yo. Cause they, I, I don't even think it's that. Well, it, it might be that it might be that it might be pussification, but it's also just like, it's pure, uh, you know, uh, like it's like mask off moments for, for like the elite class. You know what I mean? So for everybody that wasn't paying attention, uh, and I am in a professional discord with people that get no news. So I'll bring something up and they'll say, I haven't heard this. What's what is Israel, Israel and Palestine. It's that sort of thing. So if you, <laughs> wow. if, if it, literally I had that conversation the other day, um, people will say, you know, what, what are you talking about? So let me, real quick, just for anybody that's not keeping up with the news, that Yo, comes people the worst are possible timeline for all your news. People are I, so spent. They're so spent, man. People are going into holes. The, the way I described it is everybody's <laughs> starting to live like Saddam Hussein in his final days, you know, just <laughs> just in the spider hole, you know, in no contact, just sort of sweating, uh, kind of thinking that you're probably going to get got, but maybe not, you know, maybe not. All right. So here's the deal, everybody. Two instances in short, short time. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, tweeted, Mark Ruffalo has been Mark Ruffaloing, which means uh, entering conversations as though he's something other than an actor. And for people that don't know, like, yeah, I'm not on that, like, shut up and dribble LeBron sort of tip. I think that everybody has a right to their opinion, obviously. I think that it's uh, opinions can be fun, or at least they used to be. But Mark Ruffalo, I have a friend who used to work in the, he was a lobbyist in New York State, and he said Ruffalo Ruffalo would call his clean energy lobbying organization and their job is to lobby for these causes. They understand them very well and they understand the the economics of them. They understand the utility of them. They have to sell them to lawmakers and Ruffalo would get on the phone with the lobbyists and lecture the lobbyists on how this shit works. And they would all be like, oh, fuck, Ruffalo's on the phone. <laughs> so, like, think about this man who, in between playing the Hulk, gets on the phone with people that know something better than he does and tells them their job. 
So that's Ruffalo energy. That's big Ruffalo energy. Shut and the big fuck Ruffalo up, energy, Mark. He he got on Twitter and did his thing that celebrities of a certain stripe have to do, which is talk about Israel and Palestine. And he described it as a genocide that the Israelis are, are perpetrating on the Palestinians. Now, I don't give a shit about your opinion on any of that. Anybody's opinion at all. But somebody cared a great deal about Mark Ruffalo's mm. because less than 24 hours later came Eric, would you call it the most hostage? No, actually, the Cena one is more hostage. But oh, yeah. this was, in your mind, you can picture somebody holding a gun to the head of Mark Ruffalo's career. The Hulk, Spotlight, future movies that Ruffalo certainly wants to direct, Nomad, Nomad Land Part 2, whatever bullshit that dude's into. Somebody gave him a call and said, Mark, 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 what, what are you doing with this genocide talk? And he said, oh, well, I think it's a genocide. You know, certainly it has all the all the hallmarks of it. I guess we could debate the specifics, but I think the spirit of what I said. And they said, Mark, Mark, you're never going to have anything, Mark. You got to walk it back or you're never going to have anything. And then Mark did what any weakling does. He said, I got to secure the bag. And he sucked the cocks of of, uh, Israeli politicians just lined up and they just did a like a a really upsetting uh, uh, broad daylight sort of uh, VHS VHS gay porn on on Mark Ruffalo's mouth and anus. And uh, it, it was... He he said, "Hey everybody, I uh, I thought about it." <laughs> to which I thought, "I bet you did, Mark." Because <laughs> I thought about it, and I was I shouldn't have said genocide, but and he basically did the both sides thing, right? And here's Eric. What's your take on this? Before I go off on on Ruffalo, yeah. I mean, do you have anything? Do you have any insight into this? Mm, in insight in in what sense? Well, we've discussed this. We have. I was discussing this with my folks actually, as I'm visiting them. Uh, I have no anxiety talking Jewish shit, zero. And I think, as we've discussed, that there are people that feel real anxiety talking Jewish shit, and then there's a lot of people who want to side with the underdog and go with Palestine without doing even cursory research, which by the way, if you do cursory or uh, highly uh, uh, demanding research, you'll probably come out on the side of the Palestinians in this one. But it's weird when you don't look into it at all. You know, it's weird when you rely on an infograph to tell you who to side with in a conflict 6,000 miles away that predates your birth by a thousand years. You know I mean? It's pretty weird. Although I'm sure we're going to get a, a message saying, well, actually it only predates your birth by, by 65 years, but, 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 but shut up, shut up. So here's the deal. Uh, you can't piss off the wrong Jews. That's not 
a controversial statement, nor is it a racist one. It's just the reality that literally anybody working in at least three fields will tell you, uh, hey, this is a, a group of people who have been persecuted for a long time. Uh, perhaps as a result, they have a tendency to uh, stand by each other in matters such as this. And uh, there's a lot of backing for Israel within that community, despite what Twitter would tell you. So if you are working for people who uh, perhaps feel very strongly on this matter and also can replace you, you might get the phone call. No one, even Mark Ruffalo, is not replaceable. Uh, He is fully replaceable. You could say that, right? Fully. I, and I, I, I didn't even hear anything you were saying. I zoned out because I saw a Sensha Baron Cohen tweet and I just, oh man, this dude Yeah, sucks. we can get into his stupid ass. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these guys. Jezelnik is, is doubled down on his statement and I straight up like, these dudes aren't even men. Like I'm sick of Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's a bitch. We can get into all that, but here's the deal. <clears throat> uh, Ruffalo walked that back because he had to for the sake of his career. Or he could have had integrity. Those were his only two choices. Uh, The third choice predates those two choices, which is to not weigh in on topics that nobody needs your opinion on, Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Now, is, is it crazy to think Mark Ruffalo wasn't going to solve this problem, was only going to add to the noise, and must have a real narcissistic personality disorder to even feel compelled to weigh in. Is that all fair? I mean, there's no question that this dude has a wild narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, that's, I mean, all these fucking actors do, but it also, yeah. I mean, like the Israel Palestine, Palestinian conflict has been a third rail for generations now of a topic. And it's like, you really thought you could just get out there in 2021 on social media, pick a side and not, not have anyone come at you. You know what I mean? Forget the fact that he's forget, forget his, his career. Just like you thought you were just going to be able to, to, to dance on this one, like in, in a way that like, no one's going to have something to say at you, dude. Like what the fuck? And like that, that takes a real, like I don't talk about this shit because I'm, I just not, I'm not knowledgeable enough. I have my own opinions and I keep them to myself. That's I, no one fucking asked me what I think on the whole thing. And if I was going to have that conversation, it would be in private with people that I trust and, and understand my soul. You know what I mean? So the fact that he, the fact that any of these celebs in 2021 think that they can just dance around on social media and not expect, or at least not in the back of their mind, like have some inkling that like, Hmm, maybe, Maybe this is a space where people often willfully take what you say out of context and 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 misunderstand you and 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 assume your bad faith. Let's just put all that in 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 one box. But also the fact that I could talk about something that's so controversial and so just actually has lots of nuances and complications to the to to the issue that like I could just get out there and and take a stance and and everyone will be cool with it. Like yeah, that takes a narcissistic person. And like the fact that he that he completely caved and has absolutely no integrity whatsoever and stand just cannot stand be 
behind what he said because he's too much of a because he's too afraid of his career to actually to have any actual convictions. Uh, throw him in the garbage. Uh, the Hulk sucks, man. Uh, I like the Hulk, and I like uh, Mark Ruffalo's uh, depiction of the Hulk. Mark Ruffalo as a man is an embarrassment. Uh, now moving on to another embarrassing man, John Cena, uh, who everybody cuts slack because he looks stupid, but he's not actually stupid. So I want everybody. He's he's very intelligent. Exactly. Everybody in this conversation don't fall for his, the act that he does. It's literally an act. This is a smart man who you can't like, so for people that don't know the situation there, I guess in a presser of some type, uh, he referred to, he, I don't know why he was listing countries, but he referred to Taiwan as, as a country. Now the Chinese government, everybody I said, government, uh, is, uh, an anti-human machine. There's so, no question. Yeah. So they, uh, they like to rally the propaganda around the notion that their citizens should resent this idea, despite the fact that this in almost every way. And I, those of you that are big on Chinese history, I would love to talk to you about this or not. Uh, it would be like Americans getting super worked about Puerto Rico. It is, this is a thing that the Chinese government has propagandized and essentially in some, in whatever way we could say it racialized. And, uh, it is, uh, but it works. There's a lot of Chinese people who do feel, uh, uh, that way about it, uh, which is to say that they don't recognize Taiwan, uh, and they don't want it to exist. John Cena got the same phone call that Mark Ruffalo did, except instead of a, uh, Barry Lipschitz calling. It, it was uh, insert Asian name who said, yeah, y- 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 what are you doing here, John? What are you doing? That's my Asian voice, by the way. What are you doing here, John? <laughs> and John is it pretty good? I've been working on it. It's pretty good. So you like it cause it's safe. Now that makes me want to do my, my Shanghai shek uh, uh, fucking impersonation. You've done so, that. You've done that one every episode. So, <laughs> so the John Cena gets on their social media platform, whatever the fuck it is and speaks Chinese, essentially apologizing for recognizing the statehood of Taiwan. <laughs> He, now, he fucking he, the dude if people want evidence of his intelligence he learned how to speak mandarin in like less than a year's time while he was wrestling and acting full time yeah and I, I, doing listen. charity work on the side doing like fucking uh um you know make a wish foundation shit he knows what he's doing here everybody he knows that he made a mistake the second that he made it he he know it, it, and it was a mistake if given the choice he would fall in line with what is a obvious lie, which is that Taiwan is not a nation. <laughs> it's an obvious lie because everybody knows it's not a nation. It's like the, when America doesn't recognize Cuba, well, Cuba 
operates as a nation. It is a nation. It, it's, it exists. Like, to say it doesn't exist is stupid. Uh, we don't acknowledge, we, you cannot acknowledge a thing, but first, to expect a Westerner not to think that Taiwan is a country in the same way that the Chinese refuse to acknowledge this country is fucking stupid. But this is where you find yourself, John Cena, sucking the fucking dong of the Chinese Communist Party. You're the genocide, the genocidal uh, uh, dictatorship, um, the anti uh, speech, the anti human rights, the let me say it again, the legitimately genocidal uh, government of China. Yeah, everybody for the tankies in our audience, if you don't like what the United States did to the American Indian, uh, you, 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 you got, uh, you, you should have some complaints about what China is doing in the 21st century. <laughs> so, so yes, it's a thing to consider. Now, John Cena had to suck them off. Mark Ruffalo had, had to suck off Hollywood. Uh, it is getting embarrassing out there. And now Seth Rogen, uh, had to put some cocks in his uh, mouth, anus, armpits, as well. For anybody can that I, doesn't can know, I re- yeah, yes. Well, before we before we jump into into um, uh, what's his name, Seth Rogen, uh, I want to jump into really quick Sandra Baron Cohen. Uh, 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 okay, so a couple days ago, apparently he he, he so. If anyone saw Borat 2, um, there's a scene, I guess, where he's with some sort of hillbillyish type dudes. And, um, you know, they're saying hillbillyish type things uh, like, you know, Jews drink the blood of children or something like that. An obvious setup for comedy, right? He's uh, it's exposing the ignorance of 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 the, these people. So recently, I guess, oh my God, this is so weird. And I can't even bring myself to watch the video. He had those two dudes from that scene have an interview with Hillary Clinton. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Sasha Baron Cohen heals America. Thank you, Sasha. He says, thank you, Hillary Clinton, for talking to my friends Jim and Jerry from Borat. And thanks for clarifying that you that you don't drink the blood of children, an ugly lie spread by social media and rooted in anti-Semitism and misogyny. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my God. Oh. Yo, Sasha Baron Cohen, you're a comedian, you dumb bitch. It's your job. We don't go to construction workers uh, to to solve our to uh, solve our national debt. You know what I mean? It's like know your role. Can anybody just know their role? It's not even just that, because like you said earlier, like I I don't I don't I don't fucking care if you go beyond your role, if you want to be politically outspoken, whatever, whatever, whatever. But like, (sighs) you know, simping for politicians or the state is like just a worm level of, of for person. the Clintons for the Clintons son. Like, and I don't, yo, I don't even care. Like, like if your politics are, well, I thought Bill was a good president and I think a lot of the things about Hillary are made up or exaggerated or whatever. Fine. But what you ew, like, a, like uh, I can't associate 
with a politician, man. That makes my fucking skin crawl. Like, especially ones that I know are directly responsible for ordering fucking drone strikes. You know what I mean? So, Sasha Baron Cohen, bitch. Seth Rogen, he sucks. Bitch. Yes. Both. Okay. So now you, you want to go into your to, to your Seth rant? Yeah, Seth Rogen. Okay. Everybody revealed themselves this week. It's real weird. Yo, um, for real. <laughs> Seth, Seth, Seth Rogen. I mean, I guess it was a slow week for podcasting. So a bunch of dudes were like, let me show you uh, my asshole. You know? Yeah. So uh, Seth Rogen, uh, who recently put out a book saying that he would not, it included, it was not about this, but it included the fact that he wouldn't work with James Franco. Uh, and thank you for the people that are emailing me, telling me that Seth Rogen was also part of that the group that was fucking 17-year-olds. Uh, thank you for that insider knowledge. If you're a person Wait, who has been uh, exploited by Seth Rogen, please contact us. We will give you our Patreon money uh, for your story. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. What? 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 Huh? <laughs> so, what group is this? Uh, so uh, James Franco ran a, uh, a, a acting school of some type, right? Oh no. And that's where he got in trouble for talking to the 17 year old. That's uh, like, a, if you run an acting school, that's like an obvious front for, for, obvious, for, for obvious. yeah, dude, come on. That, that's like, what is it called? The little St. James school of acting. Yeah, exactly. So, so people have been, uh, DMing me because I complained about, about Seth Rogen the other day on my Instagram. People have been DMing me telling me that Seth Rogen was involved in that. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I like to think it is because it so completely conforms to my view that when you throw your homie under the bus, it's it's literally just to oh, hopefully the bus takes another five minutes to hit me. You know, maybe it'll maybe that'll slow the bus down. It's coming, uh, Seth. <laughs> what do you got to admit to us, Seth? So <laughs> anyway, so Seth Rogan, who it should also be pointed out, uh, uh, has. Uh, written in recent memory uh, jokes that uh, would not fly has now taken it uh, to an interview to comment on quote unquote cancel culture by saying that uh, you've got to expect the jokes won't age. Well, it's not a big deal. Just apologize, uh, you know, and be funnier. Okay. That's not really like he's been taken a little bit out of context because people are really beating him up, but here's the deal, Seth. Uh, Yes, everyone knows comedy doesn't age well. It's not a revelation, right? But your kind of gross need to distance yourself from yourself from four years ago is uncomfortable, makes you look like you are just, uh, like you, you. there's no Seth. You, you understand? Like, it just yep. makes it look like you are, you're just a survivor above all, you know, like you're just a weasel piece of shit that, uh, is an opportunist careerist. Can't get, can't ever stand on shit. Seth, did you find your rape joke funny in, uh, serve and protect? Did you find it funny? Because it was. So do you stand by that or did it not age? Well, Seth, it was only a couple years ago. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So my, my, uh, serve and report whichever one it was the point is serve and protect the 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 point is that the nobody is buying that that thing that you 
found oh, sorry, funny sorry, enough, it was observe and observe and report. Thank you. The nobody is buying that the thing that you found funny enough, or your stupid fucking hot dog movie, the 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 thing you found funny enough to secure millions of dollars in funding for and then devote months of your life to creating after writing the script. Nobody thinks that you don't think that's funny anymore. And your effort to distance yourself from it is embarrassing. And it makes it, you make, it makes you look guilty. And more than that, it makes it look like you resent people that have less than you. And what I mean by that is, Hey Seth, what if I want to become wildly rich by writing rape jokes like you did, Seth. What about that? Oh, you, oh, I can't. Oh, because Seth, not because some governmental body has come in and told me, Hey, you can't do that anymore. We don't put up with that. Not because Twitter has told me that, but because Seth Rogan, the person whose mansion is based on those same type of jokes tells me I can't, yo, that shit is so beyond foul. I, I like, I'm, I'm triggered by, I'm so triggered by it. I made an Instagram video about celebrities. I want you to think about where my head is at. Yeah. That is like, obviously you got me mad. You got me mad. I'm like this idea that I would devote a second of my life to you is pretty fucked up Seth Rogen, but that's where I'm at. So you're, you're the guy, you're the, you're the, you're the guy in the grocery store at the checkout counter going, who are these Kardashians? What do they even do? That's me. And, and Seth Rogen got me. Well, it was, listen, it was a threefer. It was Rogan, Sasha Baron Cohen, and Jezelnik all got me. Like they just. So, so what's the what's the update on the Jezelnik thing? Because last I heard, this is a while ago, but that he just like he was liking tweets from our man no. Seth Simmons. No, he was sharing. He shared, not retweeted, but but posted himself without comment. The uh, Seth Simmons comedy has an alt right problem uh, article. Uh, also, Seth Seth Simmons, right? Uh, just uh, real quick, he's protected his tweets, and they've been protected for like three weeks now. Yeah, well, he should. I mean, Seth Simmons is a dictionary definition bitch ass. Like when you're in when you're in high school and you're just calling your friends a bitch ass motherfucker. Like what you're intoning is you got a little Seth Simmons in you. You know, what got I mean? a little Seth so, Simmons in you. So everybody, Anthony Jeselnik. He tweeted this, this article, and it, the article itself attacks the hobgoblins in Seth Simmons life, which is essentially the New York comedians. Seth Simmons has a real fucking problem with the New York comedians. Many, many, many people speculate it's because Seth Simmons himself is a failed comedian. Uh, Whatever the case may be, he makes it his beat to try to ruin the careers of New York comedians. Jeselnik, he doesn't retweet it. I keep saying that. He tweets it. He shares it. And people, his fans, of which I am one, did not know what to make of it. Because he's a pretty, he he can be like a pretty offensive dude, no? He made his entire, so people knew who he was. He had a career. But I would argue that he made his career on an insensitive as fuck Boston bombing joke. So, Everybody. Jezelnik is very funny. Jezelnik is, his whole shtick is insensitivity. A, a detached insensitivity. That's his whole thing. Uh, he is 
now revealed himself to be an out of touch Hollywood elite of the Sarah Silverman variety, uh, who thinks that comedy has an alt right problem. And for anybody that was curious, does he actually believe this? I just watched an interview with him from last week where he explained himself. He said, well, I just like writing. I like reading about comedy. I found it interesting, um, you know, good or bad. And this That's would beg weird. the question. Yeah. Well, it's a lie. Like, so because, oh, so you share every bit of writing about comedy. And then he goes on to say, I don't know the people mentioned in that article, which include names like Anthony Cumia, which our listeners, many of whom are 26, may not know Anthony Cumia. But trust me, everybody, Jezelnik does. <laughs> you know, he so, has so to. Saying you don't know who Anthony Cumia is is a clear lie. Uh, and saying that you don't know who your comedy peers on the East Coast who do equal business to you and are your contemporaries in almost every way you don't know them? Oh, that's weird, Anthony. So uh, Anthony claims ignorance, but then also says that, yeah, you know, these fan bases are pretty dangerous and toxic, you know? And he basically became, I mean, I could see him in my mind. He, he had his tongue extended and it was against the labia of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> my th- So my theory is that he's up for a role in something and just wants to, and he's signaling. You know what I mean? Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah. The rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Well, listen, when they, when they CGI'd uh, Dalia out of uh, Land of the Dead to replace him with Tig Notaro, exactly. Tig Notaro, whose entire career now is based on her stand against Louis CK giving her a ton of money to make something that she would never have produced, never have gotten produced otherwise. And hasn't since, uh, that's her bold stance, which actually I'll take over the Ruffalo's of the world because at least she took a loss. Congratulations, Tignataro. However, she spun it into, Hey, I'm the righteous one, Hollywood. You should reward me. Anytime that a man does something bad, you should reward me. And it actually very literally worked that way this time. <laughs> so it's possible that Jeselnik, hey, everybody, if you have any bad experience with Anthony Jeselnik, please write us. Uh, we'll give you our uh, Patreon money. Um, the if you If he's got something to hide now, too, obviously, because either you are running from something, Anthony, or you are the type of deluded Hollywood 
cartoon character, pussy hat liberal of the Sarah Silverman. Hey, I think that uh, 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 Caitlyn Jenner is uh, transphobe uh, stock take variety. And I don't know which one it is, but both of those answers suck a dick. Yeah. I, I, it's, I think a lot of these people recognize that it's hunting season. You know what I mean? And like, yes. And, and it's like, it used to be sort of a subtler thing. It used to be like, you know, Hollywood people in Hollywood have these sort of liberal values and that, you know, it was always a complaint amongst like, actors who fancy or, or comedians or whoever, uh, you know, showbiz people that, um, I guess fancy themselves conservative, like a Tim Allen or something like that. And he would just be like, yeah, I can't get work because I'm like an open conservative. And I mean, that's, I mean, he also might just be a bad actor or whatever. Well, but also fuck that. He was kind of the, he was the voice of fucking, uh, uh, buzz Lightyear and shit. So whatever he's had, but point is, it was always kind of the, the 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 complaint among conservative actors that you can't get work unless you you are hyper liberal about a thing, and uh, now it's sort of morphed into like, you know, if I'm even slightly not in vogue with the current strain of uh, of, of brain worms that's going on right now, I'm I'm out on my ass. Um, yep. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a hit piece in variety about how I'm alt right or something like that. Yep. So, and there's two, the, the paths, there's two diverging paths and it's one is I'm going to have integrity and lean into who I am as a comedian or, or even if I'm an actor, I'm going to just not apologize for what I think or you're going to maybe just hold your tongue a little bit on certain things and you're going to, you're going to you're going to eye the 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 large sack of money which is at the end of the Zack Snyder uh rainbow at the end of the uh um big studio production feature uh yeah. so th- and and it's interesting seeing dudes take those paths like even a dude like Bill Burr has Bill Burr's kind of the one guy who's kind of been able to ride the line pretty perfectly where he's still respected and acknowledged by his peers. But you can tell, you can tell that the guy holds his tongue a bit so he can be in things like the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Yeah, but only, only so much. I still think he's better than like, he'll still offer a, yeah, I thought the uh, firing of Gina Carano was pretty ridiculous. He'll, which by the way is a very lightweight take but is more than his, her other co, uh, co-stars were willing to offer. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's one of those instances where the dude is a real talent and a unique voice. So he can like afford to kind of throw his weight around a little more because you get rid of a guy like him and people will have, you know, people have a lot to say about that. Gina Carano, largely unknown until that incident. So, uh, you know, He's he's a he's a lucky dude. He's a, he's a real figure where he can sort of still have integrity, speak his mind, and still secure the bag. But there's a lot. There's many dudes that can't afford that. And yeah, it's just another one where it's like, yo, if that's if that's your operative, that's your modus operandi, right? To to secure the bag, and you have to you know put on a put on a mask to to um to achieve that. I'm not even mad at you. 
But if you, when you're a guy like Sancho Baron Cohen, or you're a guy like Jezelnik, or you're a guy like Seth Rogen, that clearly, historically, has been the other way, like you're saying, has made his millions being that type of person, being the misfit, being the guy that you say the uncomfortable thing or you do the uncomfortable thing because that's where the comedy lies. Making a career and making millions off of people, off of that being the cultural norm that people find funny. And then now that you've arrived and stepping on anybody else that tries to get there or simping for the people that no longer would find your comedy funny, like it's just so ugly. Like it's just like you're a mutant to me. Like you're you're just so dishonest and shitty. And and at the end of the day, it's just like I'm just ducking my head because otherwise, if if I don't evolve with the shit that's going on right now, I'm gonna get my head cut off. Which by the way, right. Seth Rogan, no one fucking sees movies anymore anyway. You're not a stand up comedian. Just I would just fucking take the money and retire. You know what I mean? Like wh- like. Could you imagine what could a, tw- a Seth Rogen movie even be in 2021? Like, I feel like he's his moment is over. He's going to he, you know what he's doing. He's pivoting to serious roles. He recognizes comedy's dead. Yes. Oh, I mean, he wants to be Tom Hanks. A hundred percent. This is this is his fucking move. It, it, look, everybody. Seth Rogen has made hella funny movies. I no I'm doubt. Not trying to take, I'm not trying to take anything away from Seth Rogen's body of work. I'm just trying to say that, like, you know, this dude is spent. <laughs> like this, this dude is ass now, man. I fucking love Superbad. I fucking love. I I genuinely like him. He also, he's also one of those dudes that's like you look at him and you're like, like I recognize him as someone who could just like be in my friend group. He's like a regular like schlubby dude. Like I like I feel like like and that's part of his success, right? He kind of he can channel that energy. I I think Seth Rogen's very funny, but yeah, it's and and yo, Sancho Baron Cohen's fucking like Ali G and fucking Borat and all that shit. It's funny shit. No doubt it's funny. But the fact that you can't stand by your work, you can't stand by your laurels and be like, hey, everybody, it's comedy. This is what we do. We're highlighting the absurdity of of uncomfortable things and 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 traumatic things, et cetera, whatever, whatever. Like the fact that you take the other side because you're scared or because you want to keep getting work, it's just so bitch ass. And it's probably why you and I, Patrick, will always remain unsuccessful. Uh, No, it's why I will uh, only ever have a passing relationship with corporate uh, money. Uh, It it cannot be the center of your, it it just, it, it can't be where you get most of your money. It just can't. You have to exist outside of that because otherwise you you beclown yourself like fucking Seth Rogen. I, it, like it's a deeply embarrassing guy right now. And look, everybody, I hope that it goes the other way. I'm not, you know, fuck it. Like, but right now, this dude just looks like a fucking hoe. A lot of hoes this week, man. A lot of people hoeing for their for their corporate uh, paymasters. I, I wonder if anybody like, look, is it too extreme to say that it feels like very Hollywood blacklist style? Like you're just trying, you're, you're smearing the blood on your door so that the evil spirit passes over. And it's just very obvious. It's, it's, it just sucks, man. <laughs> like, the, the weird thing is that like no one 
really seems to care. Okay, so check it out. Uh, Seth Rogen gets minimum two checks for uh, every time Superbad uh, airs. He gets he wrote it, uh, and he is an actor in it. So he gets two checks. Now, these are comparatively small parts of his current uh, income, no doubt. But uh, I would like him, let's see. I, I bet we could do the math on what this really did for Seth Rogen's career. And I would like Seth Rogen to give up that percentage of his, of his wealth because it's built on the blood money of somebody in the movie super bad calling somebody else a faggot. It's built on that dirty money, Seth, that you can no longer feel good about. And if you don't feel good about the thing that you did, the way that we talk about accountability and all that bullshit, just Seth, give up that portion of your wealth. Let's say that this is responsible. Let's uh, honestly, this probably you had a career before this and you got this movie made. Uh, congratulations to Seth Rogen who wrote this when he was a relatively young man. Uh, you got this made. So I can't take everything away from you, but if not for this, you wouldn't be a superstar. So I want you to give up that amount of money. Let's say it's two thirds of your current income. You could, you could say, hinged on your success with this movie that made $178 million or $170 million on a $20 million budget. So Seth, hand that, hand that money over. Just give it, give it away. You don't need it because it's bad. It's bad money. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't, I mean, well, this is the thing. We're not actually advocating for that. You know what I, I mean? Am. I am. No, I, I, I mean, well, it's this is one of those things where it's like if if you really mean what you say, then yeah, do that. But we know that he doesn't mean what he says. You know what I mean? Yes. But I'm I, I'm tired of the kayfabe of allyship. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm very tired of, bro. We all know this is fake. It, it's, stop the song and dance. It's very annoying. Yeah, I'm well look, it's I think you're right in part that it, it does feel like sort of a blacklist era type thing, sort of. I mean, I think there's always been some level of like like I was saying earlier about like, you know, but like I don't know, it's really weird. It's really we're in a very strange time because it, more and more we're seeing norms the changing of norms, but also like policed culturally where it's like, I think it's as simple as at the end of the day, if you have some opinion or if you have some stripe, that's going to, you know, if you, if you're of a certain stripe where your corporate parent company feels like they can get yelled at or they feel like is a threat or they can maybe lose money or take a loss, they're gonna, they're not going to stand for that shit. So you, it, it feels like these culturally enforced values are being pressed upon everyone at the threat of, of money. Yes. And it's, it's just, but it's like, it's, it's so strange because it's like, I don't think there's like an actual in the, in the way that, you know, in the 19, I guess it was fifties or so forties, fifties when the, when the communist blacklist thing was happening, like that was an actual 
like politically motivated, like sort of blacklisting of individuals. This is sort of like just a weird culturally enforced thing. It's very strange. It really doesn't make any sense to me. And I, and I, I don't know. I just got to blame things like Twitter again. Like it's just like Twitter to me, I was, I was having this thought the other night. It's just like, what an odd sort of thing where it truly only appeals to the most lonely people. And it gives such a, such an incredibly inflated sense of self-importance and ego to the most like gutturally depressed people on earth. There was many, many, many people on Twitter saying, I knew there was a reason Seth Rogen was my fave. I knew, I knew there was a reason people were on his fucking side. Listen, no matter if you think that super bad using the word, you don't want to hear that shit. Okay, that's cool, man. But how are you on Seth Rogen's side? He's the motherfucker that wrote it. He's the motherfucker that still collects checks off of it. How are you on his side? Like, this dude is an obvious scumbag opportunist. You, I'm not saying that you got to like, you can be totally different than me and think that like, oh yeah, I don't want this in my comedy. Okay, fine. But like, this isn't your man, you fucking idiots. He said the right thing in the moment, so he's the man now. That's crazy. I cannot well, wait for yeah. your goddamn allegations, Seth Rogen. I mean, it's it's crazy because to me, what it sort of demonstrates or proves in, in one way or another that it's like, it, it proves either two things. Either your convictions are fake or that you're just dumb and like you don't un- like like I don't think it occurs to most people that. Yeah, like like the notion of royalties that like every time, you know, an episode of Seinfeld gets syndicated, he's there, that's more money in his pocket. Like I don't even think people like understand that that like every time fucking Superbad is on TBS that he collects a check like if they knew that maybe they'd feel different. You know what I mean? I don't know how, I, so it's either, it's one or the other. It's either you, you're, you're fake about your convictions or you're dumb and, and, or, or it's just not a concern to you that this guy still makes money from the thing that is haram now. Uh, don't worry about, don't worry about him. He's, he's my unproblematic fave. Barf. Barf. Remember that, remember that shit of your fave is problematic? Oh yeah. How did that become <laughs> the whole of like a generation almost? I I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm hearing more and more from entertainment people that executives are pivoting away from millennial sensibility. So like that that'll be interesting. Is that but like then what are they pivoting to? Like Gen Z sensibility? Yeah, but I don't know what that is because Gen Z sensibility TikTok. Is like, yeah, but that's like really far removed from me because TikTok is okay. So your generation is Tim and Eric shit where it's like, it, it's almost intentionally non-literal. It, it yeah. is uh, non sequitur. TikTok feels hyper literal to me. Like I don't see anybody making the type of humor that internet. You, there's, I don't see internet humor on TikTok. I see almost um, late night show humor. It's just happens to be, uh, in this other format, like it, it's not, 
to me, it's not particularly challenging or provocative. So I, I don't know what Gen Z is really about. I can't figure it out. Yeah. I, if, if I were to sort of dissect the humor, it is kind of like, it doesn't really, it does feel sort of late night compatible. You know what I mean? Maybe that's a psyop to, to, you know, increase the relevancy of Jimmy Fallon. But, uh, no, it's, it's different than like the Tim and Eric, Eric Andre type thing. That's sort of just like sort of a anti-comedy deconstruction of the form type thing. Nonsensical Dadaist almost, um, I don't know. TikTok just makes me uncomfortable. Like it's just, it's teenagers dancing and I go, Oh, I don't think I should be looking at this. <laughs> exactly. It's just Although not for me. All the you know, comedians are on it. So it's like, Oh, I guess. And I that's embarrassing. Ew. I, like, I want to be on it. My girl says it's just for perverts. I can't get on it. <laughs> it's, it's true. If you're over the age of, if you're a, if you're a dude and you're over the age of, of 19 and you're looking at TikTok you're weird. And if you're, I don't know, women love that shit. I guess it's okay if, for a woman to look at, I don't know. It's just, it just makes me uncomfortable. It's, it's sort of like if I was 30 in 2006 and I looked at you're the man now dog.com, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? I wouldn't be able to understand it. It's just, I think TikTok is you're the man now dog for, for, you know, 2021, except it's way more, uh, pervasive and, you know, uh, sort of pop culture. Um, fuck. It's I just, just want to, I want to bring to your attention, breaking news. Oh, Vox.com just issued a clarification on their, uh, March 11th, 2020 article wow. that listed the coronavirus lab leak hypothesis as, or theory rather as conspiracy theory. They now say clarification since this piece was published originally published in March, 2020 scientific consensus has shifted. Please see the full editor's note below. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, it'll do that. And in the capacity that you're a news agency, you, you were willfully lying. <laughs> of course. You were fucking well, the, the, lying. And, so this is, it's, it's the lab leak thing is really funny. Cause like it's, it's all kind it's seemingly as the days go by, like seeming more and more, uh, valid. Like the, it seems more and more like, I, I won't say likely necessarily, but it seems more legitimate. And it's, and it's really funny because I remember back, I remember a year ago when, when people were like, eh, you know, it, it, it probably came from an animal like most of these diseases do. And then people are like, well, wait, but there is like a level four like lab that researches this type of thing in Wuhan. And I remember he reading that and being like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, yes. huh. You know, and I just remember, but like everyone was like, this is a racist conspiratorial lie. And I was like, well, I mean, it might not be true, but what? Oh, like, I just the, the way people were so dismissive of it because Trump like said it, you know what Eric. I mean? I was just like, well, just wait a second, guys. Like, maybe we could just look into it and then decide it's not true. How about that? Wait. They got caught stealth editing the article from 2020 and that's why they had to issue this tweet oh yeah yeah i saw that yeah they so they edited the article th th since like recently and people noticed that they did which is really fuck. i love that <clears throat> fuck 
I love that. Because like, like, yo, it's, like it's just the mentions no. that say lots of Asian people got attacked for this. It was the right thing to do to li- what to lie to me. <laughs> that was the lie. Right thing also, <laughs> hang on. Just just real, real quick. Why is it? I think it's more racist to say it came from a guy eating bat soup. Yeah, listen. That feels more stereotypical and ugly to me. Yes, far more. Like I mean, the fact that it came from a research laboratory is like that. that yeah, I, I see any, no negative racial connotation with that. I was going to say, do we have any nasty racial stereotypes about Chinese people ability to work in a lab efficiently? Is that, is that something that you've heard? Like people <laughs> hammering on that <laughs> racial slur, but it's very interesting. Cause right. Cause even like a couple months ago, I think it was, was it, was it Brett Weinstein, the podcast that he does with his wife where, uh, they were talking about it. Were, were they the ones that were they on Bill Maher? And they were like, Hey everybody, this is more likely than, than you think it is. And everyone wanted to railroad them. And this was only like maybe February. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> what happened that now this is like that now even the Vox type horseshit fucking publications have to, have to reconfigure their uh, stance on this. Uh, I mean, reality is coming out and now all of these, but look, there's, there's no, when has that ever done anything? That's the thing. There's, there's no accountability for being wrong. Like, you know, there was an item today. This is how this shit gets out in the world. Uh, they're saying that we can now drop the caution theater that we were doing about oh, yeah. wipe, wiping down surfaces. Right now, every smart person has known that for three quarters of a year. And we continue to do it, but now because what a New York Times or Los Angeles Times article comes out, we that's the that's the blue pill signal to accept an idea. Like, oh, it's in it's you know, it's in the media. You know, they and you go, Yeah, but they told you the opposite recently. And then and then they go, you know, well, they, uh, and then they always say, Yeah, but you know, emerging facts and whatnot. And you're like, what not? What? What? <laughs> what? We we did we not establish that the that it like couldn't it could not survive ostensibly it could not survive on surfaces. Didn't we learn that? Like Yeah, we learned we learned that in two months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so can we call it COVID theater now? Because a year ago, people would have yelled at us for calling it COVID theater. Now it seems like it's, uh, that seems to be the uh, consensus. Yeah. Look, let's see. You want to keep this shit small. I now want to push up to a million dollars in Patreon a week. Okay. Not I mean, a I'm month, but a week. Because I want to live in in stark contrast. I want all the perks of being a Hollywood dude, but to live in stark contrast where I can just talk any way I want and be an adult. Yeah, I would enjoy that. Um, we got to get it. Well, we'll <sighs> this goes back to what we we're talking at the top. I don't know if we have to put in less effort or more effort. I don't know what that is. Well, listen, we're going to put in very little effort today because we're going to cut it short. But uh, to our listeners, hit us and let us know if you want us to be lazier. Because Eric and I, Eric already podcast laying down, and I'll start. <laughs> That's true. 
So, I already, I, I'm fully, there's not a muscle in my body that's moving while we do this, except my, my tongue. So, yes. uh, yeah, I, I do this line out. Can I just, can I just talk about what, do you have to, do you have to dip? Do you have to be somewhere? Or can I, can I talk on one thing really quick? I, I do have to, I have to, uh, podcast. Th- so this is my regular ax to grind post- podcast day. Right. That's right. This Wednesday. We gotta, we gotta get back on our when we actually are, are supposed you to put are it really out. lazy fair you're you, you're just chilling <laughs> it was just that's is this is the vibe son this is the vibe that people like um i, I want to do a it. thing maybe we'll do a patreon episode because i want to do a thing about the way like i see a lot of soy tweets happening and i just want to like like if you if you use the uh, the sort of what's the emo? How would you describe the emoji with like the welling up eyes? You know what I mean? Oh, the weakling emoji. The sort. If you if you're a dude and you're out here using that emoji, I just gotta assume you're a violent rapist. Yeah, don't do that. You you, you are a monster. I want to go through the things about like the the way that some of these people tweet and just be like, stop. Stop. Like, if you're a dude, don't tweet about how you need a self-care day. Stop. 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 Yeah. Be, be a little toxic. Just a touch toxic. And if so you have, uh, if you've had a bad experience with somebody that uses the welling eyes emoji, uh, hit us and we'll start paying you. It's just, it's just, don't do it. Don't, you make me uncomfortable. All right, everybody. Uh, kind of short this week because we're remote. We're, and, but I really hope you got you, what you get from this podcast. Or I hope you don't. I don't know. Whatever the low effort thing is, I, I don't know. I don't understand what you want. Um, go to patreon.com slash worst possible timeline, put in some money, and you get a whole ton of uh, bonus episodes. We did another video episode recently. That's where it's at. That's where the realness goes down. That's like that's us in our pure uncut form. Uh, Patreon.com slash worst possible timeline. Uh, hit us on Twitter at WP Timeline. Hit the phone. We'll do messages again soon. They're annoying to do from remote, but we'll do them. 205-509-9785. Give us a call. Leave us a message. And um, what else? Oh, there's an email address. I don't know. You can email us, I guess. Worst possible timeline at gmail.com. I don't know. Send us an email, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for now. <laughs> Low energy forever. Goodbye. Goodbye. It is now 2024 and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? (laughs) So do we. Why don't you come over and check it out? And stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you.